0: Good morning, everyone. How's everyone doing today? It's good. Um, So in your program today, it uh, talks a little bit about reflections on sabbatical. And so I am uh, here to talk a little bit about that. This concludes the sabbatical of uh, 13 weeks for Pastor Steve and Diana, who's ready to have Pastor Steve back in pulpit supply, huh? All right. So I come to you this morning representing uh, the local board of administration. It's an organization and a board that I've served on for many years. And joining me to talk a little bit about uh, reflection today is Ron Owens. Now, Ron was on the board for many, many years. He was here providing strong leadership, wisdom, and stability during the infancy of our church. And Ron's not on the board anymore. Um, And there will also come a day in which I will not be on the board as well. Um, But time marches on. New leaders step up. Some are ready to step up. Some are in the process of stepping up. The first time our board had a discussion that I could find in my notes about sabbatical was in January of 2016. Now, for those that may not be remembering exactly what was going on in January 2016, we had a little bit of disruption going on ourselves here. Uh, this platform I'm standing on was under construction, and uh, so, you know, those things happened, but the question that was asked was, is there sufficient reason to have further discussion about a sabbatical for Pastor Steve and Diana? And if so, what is the timeline? That was the challenge that was put forth to us. And you could say to yourself, well, why the delay? I mean, my gosh, it's uh, how many years do you have to go before doing it? And and quite frankly, as a board and as part of that board for a long period of time, I was a little embarrassed about the length of time that it took for some of this to occur. And you think to yourself, well, why was that? Well, I think there was a fear of the unknown, Okay, Just being very candid. I think it was a lack of understanding of some of the pressures. And quite frankly, we didn't know how to do it. We just didn't. In James one five, the Bible tells us, If any of you lack wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given unto you. So once we made the decision to move forward, we still had a lot of questions that were unanswered. And in October of 2016, after some discussion at a board meeting, Pastor Steve and I decided to ask Ron Owens to go to lunch. Okay? That was actually a pretty darn good decision. Okay? So what we said to him was, we need help as a board in preparing for sabbatical and succession planning because we just didn't know how to do it. And we expected him to listen to what we had to say and ponder it for a period of time, maybe pray over it, and then come back to the board with some questions. And we were not prepared for him to say on the spot, yes. Sometimes we wonder a little bit about what God does in our lives and how God is working in people's hearts. And sometimes we're scared to ask someone to do something. Or sometimes we don 't know to ask someone to do something, and yet all along we had an expert in the field, a willing servant who got it already prepared for him to step into this role. Now, each board meeting since then um, we 've had ron 's time that he talks about sabbatical and succession planning, and i 'm going to jab Ron a little bit here because um, Ron tends to go old school on us, okay? Now, what would it be? You can't say old school without including a timer, okay? Ron's nodding his head back there. But when this timer was set for 20 to 30 minutes and it would go off, Ron was typically done with the things that he had prepared to talk to the board about. And I can't tell you how much we appreciated that, but it was kind of a fun thing to see. It's all about details when it comes to trying to step in and do some of the things that get done on a regular basis. Details, details, details. And you say, well, there's some obvious ones. The pulpit has to be filled. You know, someone's going to give the message. I tend to think, based upon the responses that I heard, that there were a fair number of people that enjoyed some of the speakers that came in. And that's great. That was a credit to, to the board and to Pastor who worked on Getting that filled, but to think about it, for 13 weeks, not an easy task to take on. There were other things, health and hospital calls that we arranged to have covered, and we had agendas for the LBA meeting. We had trustee concerns that were taken care of, and and people had to step in and, and take care of those. And then there were other things that you think about. Well, who checks the classrooms at the end of the day on Sunday to make sure the windows are closed? You know, we, we sometimes think, well, of course, you know, who doesn't know that? Except if it doesn't happen, it's a little bit of a problem. Or we'll go a little bit step further. I digress a little bit on this one. Uh, maybe it would be a good idea to check to make sure all the toilets are flushed in the building beforehand. That could cause a problem after three or four days, as you can imagine. And so these were just some of the many things that we had on checklist that Ron created to allow the, the the church to function, to carry on. And I think one of the things that we learned from this process, that the board learned from this process, is that there were a variety of people that could step in and do some of these things. didn't have to be one person. didn't have to be left on pastor's plate to be able to do some of those things. And so you know what? We need to let him focus on some of the bigger picture items. And that means that we all have to step up and, and help in those areas. One week that really caught my eye, uh, you may remember the Thebes came in and spoke about their time in Haiti as a missionary. And um, uh, they'd been a little late in getting their PowerPoint over to me, and I took it and sent it out to Spence one night, as I recall, on a Tuesday night. Um, and at the same time, I had asked Damien uh, to uh, introduce him. Uh, the family when they were coming to speak and I did that Tuesday night about 10 o'clock at night and um, Half an hour later I get a message back from Spence great. We'll take care of it plug it into the to the projector pro for um, the PowerPoint slides and the next morning at 5 o'clock Which I give you credit Damien if I'm not driving to the airport at 5 a.m. I'm not checking my email. I got I guarantee you so thank you to Damien for stepping up, but it was just an example of how things flowed, about people's teamwork, about how people stepped in and helped out in whatever way possible. And to those things, I, you know, I very much appreciate that, that commitment. And I could go on and on about other examples of that. While Pastor was gone, we had three board meetings during that time period. In each board meeting, I'd start out by handing the board members a three by five card. And on this card, the very first time, I said, write a number between one and ten, with ten being high and one being low, of how you think things are going. And everyone had to fill it out and then held it up at the same time. So you weren't influenced by anyone else, you just tell you what, what you think. And the consistent number was eight, nines, and tens. From the perception of the board, we thought things went fairly well. might be interesting if you did that same exercise because, quite frankly, it's really about what everyone thinks, not just about what the board thinks. But on the last (laughs) board meeting, about two weeks ago, we were getting close to the end, and I decided it was also time to get some feedback as to what should have happened that didn't happen. And so I asked them to write one word, just one word that could have been improved upon that would have made a difference during sabbatical. You know what that word was? On every word, or on every card that a word was written, the word attendance. Okay? That was a concern to the board. And I think it is a concern. So um, keep that in mind. You know, I think it's important. You know, just like in in school, if you miss school, you may say, well, the teacher missed you. No, you missed the learning. That's, That's really the part of it that's important. So about three weeks ago, Ron and I met for breakfast and talked about what we were going to be discussing today and um, kind of had it resolved how it was going to go. And I was pretty well set. I gave him my, my uh, notes. But then I was involved in an activity last week that added to what I'm going to say. And so I'm going to digress for just a second. So just by a show of hands, how many baseball fans... Do we have in the crowd? we got a few hands that are up. we got two hands that are up, you bet. Okay, so if you have a really, really, really good career in Major League Baseball, what happens? I'm sorry? Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame. Wow, good answer, great answer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you do make a few dollars as well, too. Um, so several months ago, my older brother, Tim, who lives in Kansas City, um, was going out to the Hall of Fame uh, induction ceremony in Cooperstown, New York. And so I joined him last week, and we went over there. Now, if anyone's been to Cooperstown, anyone been to Cooperstown before? Don't Okay. It's a uh, relatively small town. Okay, when I say a relatively small town, there's a hundred more people in Cooperstown than there is in Homer. Okay. <laughs> Now, to keep it in perspective, there were 53,000 people that came to the ceremony last last Sunday. So as you can imagine, a town with one stoplight got a little overrun by by baseball enthusiasts. But the reason for having this discussion is not about the size of the town or the crowd that was a part of it last week. No, it's about the people, and in this case, for me, the, the Detroit Tigers that were inducted in the Hall of Fame. Uh, Alan Trammell, who played shortstop for many years, and Jack Morris, who was a strong starting pitcher for many years when they won the, na- the national championship. Sorry, I'm thinking college right now. The world championship in, in baseball, the World Series, in 1984. Uh, for those of you a little bit younger, that year did exist, 1984. Okay. Um, so the thing that I found, though, is that if you really want to find ways to be successful, it's not a bad idea to study, to learn, to read about those people that have been successful. And so, to me, it was an opportunity to listen to these six people that were inducted into the Hall of Fame share a little bit about you know, their lives and what they had done. As each of the six players that were inducted in the Hall of Fame talked, each and every one of them spent a lot of time thanking people like their family, their coaches, their trainers, the front office, on and on it went, um, and I think that's great. But still, that may not have to do with sabbatical in a way you may think. The point is, is that we're all on a journey, and if we take a minute to reflect on our spiritual journey, we have some people that we need to thank as we're going along our, our journey as well. For me, Pastor Steve would be one of those. But it's this is not about a Pastor Steve. And while you're taking the time to think back as to those people you should be thanking for your spiritual journey, um, the list could be long, but I'd encourage you to get started on that. But that's still not my point about sabbatical. This is about who would be thanking you for the role that you played in their spiritual journey. So when Chipper Jones, who was a very good player, stood up and talked about how Willie Stargell. Anyone remember Willie Stargell? He kind of had a goofy, you know, one of these things when he got up to bat. He was a very, very good player. He didn't need to keep helping people. He was an all-star. He was one of the best of the best. Or Al Kaline, a Hall of Famer who helped Al Allen Trammell get and realize his dream by getting into the uh, Hall of Fame. It's about the players that help you become better. And to do that, you have to be in the game, just like those players where they had to play every day, they had to contribute every day, they had to be a part of what was going on every day. So the need for you to make an impact on people's lives is never greater than it is today. I asked the board at the last meeting, sitting here today with these eight people, who is going to be the next person that's going to sit in these chairs in five years, because it's going to come soon. And the fact of the matter is, is that it's time for others to step up. You know, it's our turn to help the next generation. And in doing so, coach, teach, train um, to move forward. Lots of people to be thankful for to make, in making sabbatical work and getting us to where we're at today. I appreciate your time. Welcome back to Pastor Steve and Diana. And I turn the, the floor over to uh, Ron Owen, so thank you.
1: Yeah, I hope you will.
0: <laughs>
1: I don't want to be constrained by time or clock. I got a captive audience. <laughs> second while I'll put my glasses on. Doesn't do me any good to have notes if I don't have glasses. So, <clears throat> Before I begin, I, there is one thing I would like us to do, to realize that for the last three months, we have actually replaced our CEO for a period of time. And it, it wasn't just replaced by one person, although Dan did an outstanding job as the uh, uh, running the LBA and providing the overall leadership. It was the entire LBA, plus about 30 other volunteers who all stepped up. And I, for one, really think that we are to thank them. Good job, guys. When asked to do analysis, I really enjoy getting into it. <laughs> And that's that's what this boils down to, is is an analysis of what went on. Something about what transpired over the last 18 months kept striking me as being very familiar. And it finally came to me two or three weeks ago, before Dan and I even met, that what I was looking at was what had actually happened to the early church. Let me draw the similarities for you just for just a moment. The early church, Christ was their only leader. He'd been there from the beginning. Same as our pastor. He died on the cross and was gone for three days. Not three months, but... (laughs) He came back from the dead to remind all of his followers what he had been trying to teach them. That he had to go away. They had to step up and become the leaders. Guess what? They did. That's why our church is here today. That's why there's millions of Christians throughout the entire world. So what happened for sabbatical? Pastor's been reminding us for several years now that everything has its day, including man. He will not always be our pastor. He will move on to other things, the golden years of retirement. Well, you got something coming there you don't know about. (laughs) So what it boils down to is if we don't look at the lessons of the early church and step up and take our own positions of leadership and service, this church might not be here for your kids or your grandkids. Now for 40 years, I don't even know how many years we've been around now, but my kids grew up in this church. Most of my grandchildren have grown up in this church. I would love... To see that be a fact for you. <laughs> and you. And you. And you. Wouldn't you like to have that? To know that this church is going to be here for the next 40, 60, 80, 100, 10 generations, 20 generations? What a legacy. That would be the best thing you could do to thank Pastor Steve and Diana for their service. I'd like to share with you some scripture verses. What, in fact, did the earliest leaders of the church tell us? Christ's own words in Matthew twenty nine twenty six to through 28. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Peter. Christ said he was the rock he was going to build his church on. What did Peter say? First Peter 4.10. Each one of you should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace, in its various forms. Paul, arguably the most effective disciple, church planner of all. In Galatians 6, 2 through 5 and 9 through 10, here's what Paul said. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Each one should test his own actions. Then he can take pride in himself without comparing himself to someone else, for each one should carry his own load. Let us not become weary in doing so, for at proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers." The Brother of Christ, leader of the early church in Jerusalem until it was destroyed by the Romans. Uh, in James 2:14 and 17, he says, "What good is it, my brothers, if a man claims to have faith but no deeds, can such faith save him? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. You know, Dan spoke about attendance. Uh, we've had a, a lot of discussions, and depending on what records you're looking at, if everybody showed up that claims Caring Community Church is their church, we've got somewhere between 200 and 250 people in this building. Now, it happens at Easter. <laughs> it happens at Christmas. But it rarely happens at other times. We've got about 35 to 40 very dedicated volunteers serving in a lot of areas. You know what percent 35 is of 250? It's 14%. So we basically got 14% of you guys carrying the weight for the other 86%. You know, and that's not right. That's not what what Christ just said, it's not what what Peter just said, it's not what James just said, it's not what Paul just said. We all need to step up, for goodness sakes. If you got questions about this, don't worry, because starting in September, there's a small group, Cheryl Wilrick, Barb Densmore, myself, uh, are going to start working on this. But don't be surprised if one of us comes to you face to face to have a discussion and that's going to go on probably for all of 2018 and a good part of 2019 it's a three-phase project to increase volunteerism ownership of our ministry and that's what that's what the early church taught us we've got to own this church if we expect it to be here more than one generation We've got to have a lot more ownership and a lot more service. You know, I'm, I know all of us will come to a point in time where we will stand before God on Judgment Day. And you know what I want to hear? Well done, good, and faithful service. Do you know what scares me? What if I hear, you know, you really didn't do as much as you should have. And that concerns me. I'm going to leave you with two questions. And I've been asking myself these questions for quite a while now. What if I stand before God and He tells me I could have done more? How's that going to make me feel? And the second question is why didn't I do more? I just want to leave you with those two questions. If you're not doing enough, and only you talking to God will know that. That's the kind of question you ask in a prayerful mode, you and God alone. And I guarantee you, He'll tell you how He feels. And if you don't hear exactly what you want to hear, then the next question is, why and what can I do about it? It's great to have the pastor and Diana back. Great to get back into a regular swing. We're going to eat good today. So if I'll just uh, close Dan and I's piece of this program with a, just a short word of prayer to God. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this date you've given us. Lord, we praise you so much for all the blessings you share in our lives. Lord, we, we thank you for all those people that are willing to step up and help, even if it's only on an occasional basis. Lord, we pray that you put conviction in their heart, though, to make that a more routine thing, to be one of those that own this ministry, not one that just sits back and is served by this ministry. Lord, we thank you for your son Jesus, the, the, the death he paid on the cross for each of us sinners. We thank you in Jesus' holy name. Amen.